HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. World Central Kitchen is serving thousands of fresh meals to Ukrainian families fleeing home, as well as people remaining in the country. This week on Let's Talk About Food, host Louisa Kasdan spoke with Henry Patterson about his upcoming relief trip. So you're going to Poland, and I think you told me you're going to be there for at least two weeks. I'm going to Poland to help feed Ukrainian refugees. With Jose Andreas's World Central Kitchen, I decided that's what I wanted to do for my 70th birthday. I leave in just a few days. We all see that what the Russians are doing is contemptible. As a food person, we all love to help. It's in our DNA. And here are people who really need our help. So if you want to help the Ukrainian refugees, either with money or even your hands and heart, find hashtag Chefs for Ukraine and World Central Kitchen. We have to do something. We can help. Remember, hashtag Chefs for Ukraine. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. It's time for lunch. Welcome to Time for Lunch. This is a place to learn about eating, cooking, enjoying, and sometimes playing with your food. Each episode, we cover a new subject. I'm Hannah Forden. And I'm Harry Rosenblum. Tune in for food, fun, and flavor. We have a special guest here for lunch today, and it's up to you to guess who they are and what the theme of today's episode is. Are you ready? What shape are you? I am an oval, but I have like two little nubbins on the end. So I don't know. I'm sort of football shaped. Hmm. And oval football shaped guest, where can I find you? Well, you can find me growing in a beautiful tree, or maybe you'll find me in the grocery store, or maybe you'll find me garnishing your glass of water. I'm everywhere. Hmm. So let's see. You said you grow on a tree. Do you grow in cold places? No, I prefer warm weather. And what do you taste like? I am sour and tart. Aha. I think I'm narrowing it down. What color are you? 
I am bright yellow. Aha, you're lemon. So, Harry, I know that you and I share a hobby, which is preserving foods. And preserved lemons is one of my favorites. I actually have a jar in my fridge right now. Can you tell our listeners what preserved lemons are? I can, because I have a jar sitting on my counter right now as well. What a dink! Maybe we can get together on Zoom and make preserved lemon dishes together. So a preserved lemon is an ancient way of taking a fruit, in this case a lemon, and storing it for later use. But there is a change that happens. So what you do is you take your lemons and you cut them in half, and you can even use the lemons after you've juiced them. You can save the rind and the leftover parts, and you cover them with salt, and you pack them into a jar, and you just leave them alone. And over about six or eight months, even a year, the salt will change the texture of the lemon and the lemon will start to come apart and turn into a salty and sour and delicious paste that can be used in all sorts of dishes. How do you like to use it, Hannah? Oh, man, I really like to use preserved lemon when I'm cooking chicken or fish. Um, There's really no wrong way to use lemon and preserve lemon. Lemon is one of those things like salt that when we're using it in cooking, it helps to enhance other flavors. So lemon zest is really good in desserts. Lemon juice can add this nice bright pop to things like salad or meat. You know, I just couldn't live without lemons. And one thing to remember if you're going to use preserved lemons is don't add any other salt until after you've added your preserved lemons, because there is a lot of salt in there already, so your dish might not need any extra salt. Let's get together later, and we'll cook with preserved lemons. What do you get when you cross a Frankceratops and a lemon? What? A dinosaur! Now it's time for our question of the day. The answer to this question is hidden somewhere in the episode, so listen carefully. What do you have to do to reveal a secret message written in lemon juice? Well, if you're a spy, keep an ear out for the answer. So there's a saying that you might have heard, and it goes, When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. What do you think that means? Well... I mean, I guess it means that you should make the best of what you have. Lemons are sour, but with a little bit of work, you can turn them into something sweet. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a really nice sentiment, isn't it? Well, our guest today is going to tell us the story of a little girl who turned her lemons into lemonade, and it wound up making a big difference in the world. I want you to meet Liz Scott. I am Liz Scott, the co-executive director at Alex's Lemonade Stamp Foundation and the mother of our founder, Alex Scott. Alex, Liz's daughter, was a super brave girl. When my daughter Alex was four, she had already been fighting cancer for three years, and she announced she was going to have a lemonade stand. It was January, and we lived in Connecticut, so we didn't think too much about it. But she asked about having a lemonade stand for months. Finally, in June, when she was four and a half, She asked again one day, and I said, Alex, what do you want to buy so badly that you need to have a lemonade stand? 
And she said, I'm not keeping the money. I'm giving it to my doctors so they can help kids the way they've helped me. And that was really how it started. Alex set up her first stand in our front yard. And honestly, I was really touched. This was back in the year 2000. So kids weren't really doing lemonade stands for charities yet. And I thought it was such a smart and clever idea, right, for a four-year-old. But I didn't think she would raise very much money. In fact, I told her she would raise 5 or $10. And she said, I don't care. I'll do it anyways. And that simple idea ended up raising $2,000 the very first day in our front yard. And we thought that was it. And it was amazing. And she said it was the best thing that ever happened to her. Never would we have imagined that she would keep having a stand every year and that every year the amount of money she raised would grow and grow because people heard about her all over the country, all over the world, and started doing their own lemonade stands and sending the money to her to help find a cure for pediatric cancer. By the time she passed away, when she was eight, she had raised over a million dollars. And you fast, fast forward today, we have Alex's Lemonade Stamp Foundation that we started shortly after she passed, and we've raised over $250 million, really thanks not just to her inspiration, but to the tens of thousands of people who've kept it going and held lemonade stands and you know allowed us to continue to fund this work to find cures for all kids with cancer. Alex's surprising success with her first lemonade stand started a movement. Kids and their families all over the country have followed her lead. Alex taught us, certainly taught me, you know, you hear a lot that one person can make a difference in the world. I think, you know, if you ever need an example of how that's true, you can look at Alex and her story, but it's not just one person. She was four years old when she started this. To me, it shows how kids can really have an impact. And I think sometimes ideas from kids, I did it myself, are, you know, adults, we think, oh, how cute. That's what I thought. Oh, she's so cute. She thinks she's going to help cure cancer, right? Um, And she showed me that if you work hard at something and you believe in it, you can have an impact. You know, sometimes adults make the mistake of forgetting that kids like you can make a difference in the world. It's not their fault, but sometimes they need a little bit of reminding. And kids and grown-ups can work together. Kids are amazing in their um, ability to see a problem and want to help fix it. So I would say for kids, if there's something that they, they really feel like they needs fixing, right? It makes them feel bad. Then that can, you know, make you sad sometimes. I think what Alex showed us is you can turn that around and say like, this is something that I don't think is right. Or this is something that makes me feel sad. I want to help change it. And there are so many ways now to get involved. Most uh, causes, whether it's hunger or, you know, water for underdeveloped countries or whatever, you know, diseases um, kids feel they want to help with, ask people to donate for your birthday. That's a simple way. Instead of getting gifts, you get donations to help this cause. You can set up a lemonade stand. You can offer to walk people's dogs or rake their lawns or do chores. There's just literally probably a hundred ways kids can do something to raise money. And if you're passionate about something and you learn about what the needs are, that's even more meaningful. And it will also help you um, make a bigger difference because you can tell other people about it and why it's important to you. Wow. I love that. There's so many ways to get involved in your community. Right? So Liz is now the leader of a nonprofit organization that helps kids and their families 
organize their own lemonade stand. And the money they raise all goes towards finding a cure for cancer. If you'd like to get involved, get online and go to our website. It's Alex's Lemonade. Dot .org or they can just search for Alex's lemonade stand and without a doubt uh, we will appear. Thank you so much Liz and Alex. We'll hear a bit more from her later in the episode so keep an ear out. Now let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese The tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush, green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills, combined with the freshest milk available, created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old-world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Welcome back to Time for Lunch. Lemons can be used to share secret messages. So you should try writing something with lemon juice instead of a pen you can use a paintbrush and then let it dry and gently warm up the paper using a hair dryer the secret message will magically appear wow that's awesome i challenge any listener to send us a secret message (gasps) in lemon juice and we will send you an extra special thank you that would be so exciting Did you know that lemons can also act as a natural metal polish? When the juice interacts with oxidized metals like copper, the acid helps restore the original shine. Lemons saved the British Royal Navy. In the 18th century, sailors kept getting sick from a disease called scurvy, which is caused by a lack of vitamin C. In 1753, Dr. James Lind discovered that an ounce of lemon juice a day could help ward off the disease because lemons contain lots of vitamin C. And so the Navy could keep the sailors at sea for longer. Get it? C, C, vitamin C? Ba-dum-tsh. Another non-culinary use for lemon juice is to treat it like hair dye. A few spritzes atop your head can give you blonde streaked hair. You know, I tried that and my hair is so dark that it didn't do anything. Sad me. Lemons, aside from all of their other uses, are great to eat, of course. One of my favorite ways to use them is in lemon meringue pie. The dessert was invented in Philadelphia in 1806 by cooking school owner Elizabeth Goodfellow. After using egg yolks to make a lemon pudding, she decided to use the leftover egg whites to make a whipped meringue atop the pudding. Genius. And I must say... I just love lemon meringue pie. Lemonade is consumed all over the world. In Egypt, it might be mixed with dates and honey. In India, they add salt and ginger. And in Iran, you might find it with mint and rose water. Yum. But what about pink lemonade? That variant has a murky history. 
One story claims that the drink was invented in 1912 when a circus worker accidentally dropped red cinnamon candies into a batch of regular lemonade. That sounds kind of gross. I have to say that my favorite way of making pink lemonade is to add strawberries. Give it a try. Yum. A lemon is actually a hybrid of two fruits that aren't very popular in the United States, the bitter orange and the citron. And in fact, most of the citrus we eat in the U.S., like limes, oranges, grapefruits, they are all cross-pollinated grandchildren of fruits like mandarins, pomelos, and kumquats. Every single part of the lemon tree has some sort of use. The leaves can be wrapped around grilled meat and fish or steeped in hot water to make tea. Let's take a dance break. I asked Liz, who we spoke to earlier in the episode, if she ever had a lemonade stand when she was a kid. I did. I remember, I want to say I, I had a couple. The one I remember was with my neighbors. I, I We were young. I have to guess we were five, five or six years old because I barely remember it. And there was a bunch of us, uh, probably seven or eight of us. And I think we all ended up with $2. And unlike my amazing daughter, I immediately went over to the grocery store, which is right near my house. And I remember I bought as much bubble gum as my money would buy. (laughs) Um, But it did feel good to have my own money and be able to go buy whatever I wanted. I think, you know, the simplest, to me, the simplest is, is better. We couldn't let her go without hearing her recipe for a delicious batch of lemonade. I like the good old fashioned you know, a cup of sugar, a cup of lemon juice. And then it's usually about four cups, depending on how you you like it, about four cups of water and you put it over ice. Um, You do have to melt the sugar though. So you have to, um, you know, use about a cup of water and put the cup of sugar and make it into like a syrupy kind of thing on the stove or in the microwave. And then you add it all in there, throw a couple of lemons in there to make it look pretty. And there's nothing better. It's absolutely delicious. Now it's time when, before we close out the show, Harry and I like to reflect on a bright spot from our week. My bright spot is that my bird feeder has been the spot to be in the neighborhood. I have been seeing so many beautiful birds who have come to the bird feeder and they all hang out and get along. Well, sometimes they fight over the bird feeder, but I love sitting in the window and watching them. And my cat does too. Harry, what's your bright spot? For me, my bright spot is literally bright. I love that now the days are starting to get a little bit longer. I usually get up before the sun, which means I get to see the sunrise, but it also means that the days are stretching, and so it's not dark at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which I really like. I appreciate the sun, and that's my bright spot. At the beginning of the episode, we asked, What do you have to do to reveal a secret message written in lemon juice? And the answer is, 
let it dry, and gently warm up the paper using a hairdryer. The secret message will magically appear. Thanks for listening to Time for Lunch. We'll be back with more tasty stories. This show is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Harry Rosenblum and Hannah Forden, with engineering by Liam Werner. Isaac Furman is our intern. Music in this episode was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder, and our fun facts theme was created by our very own Liam Warner. Special thanks this week to Liz Scott and Alex's Lemonade Stand. Time for Lunch is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Time for Lunch is also a part of Kids Listen, the number one app for finding great podcasts for kids of all ages. You can learn more at kidslisten.org, and you can download the app from iTunes or the Google Play Store. Time for Lunch is powered by Simplecast. And don't forget to please stay in touch. If you decide to have a lemonade stand, or if you have a joke or a recipe you want to share, send us an email. We love to hear from our listeners. It's super easy to record yourself using the Voice Memo app on an iPhone. Ask your favorite grown-up to email us at timeforlunchpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to include your name, age, and address so that we can send you a little something in return. Time for Lunch is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. Thanks for listening.